Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Ha! It worked. Welcome, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Welcome, everyone. Uh, Jared and Jensen would like to welcome you to our first podcast of 10th season. We're going to be talking about our season premiere uh, tonight. Uh, The title is Black. Yes, that's our brand new intro. Thank you so much to Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles for recording that for us. Yes, it's really them. I'm I'm guessing some people are going, that's not really Jared and Jensen. Yes, yes, it is. 100% them. 100%. Let's let's, let's the days. I think we should play it again. I think we should play it again. So here, I'm going to play it again. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Yes, best thing ever. I love it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, I, you can hear I the actually, background noise a little bit of when they recorded it. <laughs> even though no yes. one can see me, I actually just fist pumped when this when it came on. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yes, I know they're not listening, but huge thank you to them because that was really sweet. Yes. Yes, big time thanks. Um, and if you're listening to our podcast right now and you and you're you missed it and you want to hear it again, just tweet us. Let us know. We'll play it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it might be right my ringtone, but I'm not not saying it. <laughs> yes, good choice. Favorite thing ever, ever, ever. Yes. Oh, so yeah. So okay. yes. <laughs> Season 10, yeah. episode 1. Season Black. 10, episode 1. Black, first podcast of the season. Uh, uh, welcome back, oh. everybody. Uh, thank you so much. Um, quickly, uh, we are going to be doing something new tonight. We're going to have a contest for a free Supernatural t-shirt from Tee Public. Uh, we'll explain all about it in a little while, but so please uh, keep listening for for that, along with our discussion of the episode, um, we're going to talk for a little while, and then uh, we'll take Collins in a little bit. Uh, if anybody's got any comments or questions about Black, uh, the episode was written by Jeremy Carver and directed by Robert Singer, um, showrunner Jer- Jeremy Carver, and of course Robert Singer, one of the originals, and I think he, he always directs the premiere now. I mean, in the last few mm-hmm. years, almost always season finale. He he tries to get at least one of those because it's a it's like a it's like a bookend to the season, so it's important, right? Right, right. It used to be Kim Manners always did the finale, yeah. so he right away. Yeah. Anyway, black. Interesting title. Um. I guess it has to do with being demonized. They're black. Um, Sam's certainly in a black mood over it all. <laughs> um, hmm. I, I Title-wise, um, well, number one, all it's done is gotten pink, pink and black stuck in my head for the past four or five days. Yeah, yeah. That's all that it's all really done. Um, and and I kind of would have liked them. Yeah, I kind of would have liked them to have t- titled it um, either "Back in Black" or "Painted Black." Black yeah. was just kind of ridiculous. 
Um, and I do, first of all, before I say what I'm going to say, I'm going to say this. I really liked the episode for the most part, so I'm going to say that first because I'm going to say this. Um, I love the song Heartbreaker. I do, but it made no sense in the opener. Just because it says soul and sinner, it was not appropriate. It made no sense to tell me Heartbreaker while Dean is stabbing people. I, it was, mm, I didn't like it. It made me really, it was off-putting, and it was, there was a discord, because it didn't go with the scenes that we were showing. Yeah, we were shown. I felt the opposite. I felt it did. I was paying a really close attention this evening when I was watching it again before the podcast, and mm-hmm. I was watching it with the words and um, thinking of the words as the scenes were playing, and I thought it matched up pretty, you know, pretty good. I love Pat Benatar. Um, like you said, you love the song too. Uh, but I, I really liked it, and I liked the scenes that they chose. Um, there was a lot of I, I felt that they. I don't know if they if it was the theme of the montage or whatever. Um, but it was a lot of you know light coming out and light going in. And yeah. I just and it. I don't and, know. And it, kind of, it kind of went with me. Love taker, heartbreaker. It you know it was like you know in and out, opposite. And, you know it was kind. Of, it kind of felt right to me. No, and so I guess it, part of my disappointment was the music that the CW used for the for the promotion of season ten, which is a song um, by Royal Blood called "Figure It Out." That song fits so well for the oh, album, so and actually fit so really good. well for the for the episode when you think about it. And so having that song be so on point, and it mm-hmm. felt just kind of like to me, it felt like they went, "Oh, cool, we can afford Pet Benatar. Let's do that." Mm. which I, I'm not exactly opposed to because I would have had the same reaction because Pat Benatar, mm-hmm. hello. But I just thought it was a little off. Well, a little I think off for me. Now that, it, now that I'm, I was sort of I'm thinking a bit more about it, I mean, you don't really know, of course, because it's the song over the montage, but it actually segues nicely into Dean's karaoke fit in this episode. You know, she's a big karaoke, and particularly that song, I think, is probably a big choice in karaoke. So it suits that way. Well, I haven't thought of that. Some of the some of the lyrics. I I'm will. Like, I will mm-hmm. accept your headcanon and feel better about the song choice because of it. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I will accept that. And and a and a slight I, a very slight tangent because you both mentioned that you love Pat Benatar and I do as well. I I was. Um, I was at work and I ran across the street to the walk up pizza counter. Um on it's like a it's like a street that's like well known, like a little shopping thing and, and whatever. But I ran up to get a slice of pizza and I was in line behind Pat Benatar, her husband and her kids. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> that was fun. So, and they were they were in I her, about had, stroller. It was long yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, I about had like an old woman meltdown because somebody on Twitter was like, Oh my god, they used Joe Jet. I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh Rob oh. Jukebox. Rob Jukebox. No. So yes. Um I'm touchy about things like that. <laughs> Joan Jet, and I don't dislike Joan Jet at all. I mean, her song is fun, but she is not Pat Benatar. No, 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 no. But I can never think of her now without thinking about her ordering pizza for her kids. That's hilarious. Me. She and her husband were also in an episode of Charmed, which I was. uh, 
He's like, I'll never forgive them for that. I love them, but they were in an episode of the car. That's <laughs> like, oh. Trying to think of shows that you enjoy in the moment, and then in retrospect, you're like, why, why did I watch that? Why? Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um. Oh, well. So, the, um, I'm assuming, what? judging by the way the story was told, in the episode and the opening scene being um, Sam torturing a demon, that the next two to three episodes, most likely three, because we've already seen a sneak peek of three, um, are going to go back and forth in time. So mm-hmm. um, on one hand, I'd like to know exactly what happened to Sam's arm, but I guess we're probably going to take one to two episodes for that. Um, yeah, I kind of... I kind of got the impression the way Castiel said it. Uh, he's like, you can't blame me for that because you were, the way he says that, it makes me yeah. think that Sam mm-hmm. was out of control. Exactly what right. I was thinking. Um, and I, oh, again, I, li- I really like the episode. So I hate when I say things that are like mm, nitpicky. You really didn't like the camera lens that, Robert Singer used to film the end of that scene with Sam and Andar mm-hmm. because it took you out of the moment. And, and up until that, and I get that it's supposed to be her point of view and she's you know, lower down and he's in her face, but it made it kind of comical. And, you know, he's he's kind of known for doing, like, the dramatic zoom, the weird lens and things like that, and I'm not a fan of it. Um, mm-hmm. And it was such a good moment for Sam and Jared did such a good job with it, and it really mm-hmm. did kind of pull me out of it. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't need any help, you know. He doesn't need no. a, like a camera zoom or anything to get anything across. Um, yeah, I you see what you're coming. I kind of like, I kind of squint at it now that I know it's coming, you know, so it isn't quite, blah, you know, coming uh, at me. But yeah, that was a great scene, and you're, of course, supposed to think that's Dean torturing her, you know, the way right. her... Which she's talking, and then you freak out to find out it's Sam. I really wish the CW hadn't spoiled that for us. Yes, me too, Mm -hmm. me too, because um, the only thing I was thinking of is, you know, those who are lucky enough that that didn't see it online. Like, I have a friend who is not online, and so she was expecting it to be Dean. (laughs) You know, so I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. you're lucky, because everybody else knew it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was my, that was my... In terms of, and because, of, and again, I take it back to the fact that Jared was so good and it was such a good Sam moment, which, like, false statistics, 90% of fandom have been saying for the past two years, we want Sam point of view, we want a good Sam moment, and we finally get it, and there's two things working against it that are pretty big things. So, I, I, I I'm going to be the uh, the different opinion here. Again, I liked the weird camera view because to me it it made it, it felt all hectic and crazy. It made you feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable. The, the 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 camera view made you feel uncomfortable and everything, which I think, you know, made Sam even more crazy. It was at that very last moment of the the where's my right. brother line delivery. That right. that mm-hmm. particular shot was just in my bad in my opinion, a bad shot. Mm-hmm. Opinion. It, but um it didn't. It didn't. It didn't bother me 
that much. I mean, it's a little bit, you know, but I'm kind of prepared. It didn't bother me that much. It doesn't bother me about the scene because I thought it was, I thought it was a great, great scene. Um, um, ah. uh, real quick, oh. we got a request. We got a request on Twitter to, to play our intro again, and so you know, <laughs> any chance to play oh, that again? Hardship, <laughs> hardship. I know, we'll do it for right? you. So, okay, so just because you asked. We, we, we Here's our new our audience. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. That's right. You are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> so, so, our, so we're, to, we're to believe that current, current a day in this episode is six weeks after Dean died. Right, and he says six weeks. Apparently, um, they're worried that we can't do math, so they gave us the four, and then they gave us the six. And <laughs> so, okay. as someone who can't do math, thank you, Carver, because it's like you know me, and um, sometimes you don't know me at all. But this time you did. Well, I saw someone. I saw someone actually like talking about it and said they they thought it was six months and they thought it was a long time and they were talking about all this that happened in six months and Sam hadn't gone back in Dean's bedroom in six months and I'm like, whoa, I thought it was six weeks. And also I thought Sam had gone back to Dean's bedroom right away, but he just he just left the note there. You know, there was no reason to carry around the men of letters bunker. I thought he just left it there and kind of would occasionally go in and, Look yeah, that's it, the like, way I read it. Not that it was the first it time he had it seen it. Down. Yeah, not that it was the first time that he had seen it or read it. It was just he wasn't. He left it where he found it. Yeah, almost, almost in a way. To me, it was almost like I don't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. I want to go back and remember what my mission is. Mm-hmm. Um, on a on a really shallow note, though, because I, I have the episode playing <laughs> right now, can we talk about Sam's red plaid shirt? Because it's a good time. It's so, about, I don't know. We're not really known as that shallow podcast. But, I know. We're super know. deep, and we never objectify. And no, we never did anything called the I feel really bad. No. Yeah, I feel really bad just being the one to do that this one time. But <laughs> okay. that, shirt, that, that shirt, I like it. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, that was a nice shirt. It was a nice shirt. This is true. This is true. Um, this is true. I really wanted to know who Mike is. Very nice who is shirt. Mike that he's talking to on the phone? I really wanted them to explain to you who yes. Mike was. Because yeah. Mike, was, because Mike was, because have friends. He has no friends. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he was like a bud. That is like, <laughs> the, the curious thing, the most curious thing I had about that scene was you never hear the person on the phone. You know, unless it's somebody important. You never hear the other person on the phone. There was no reason for right. us to hear that other that guy on the phone. Mm. Like, who was he? Are we going to be seeing him again? You know, why was he there? Yeah, it was really it was distracting to me. So, like, who are you talking? You have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> and Teresa says that she's um, the one that we played the intro for. She says, "Thank you. That was fantastic. Feel free to play it again and again." <laughs> <laughs> Thank okay. you, Teresa. We love it too. We will do that too. <laughs> um, yes. And to continue briefly with the shallow episode, um, 
and and I believe we got a, a, an official written request over the summer to to revive the Sam Winchester hair report because we did that yes, yes. Um, way back yes. when uh, Sam's gotten a haircut. Not much of one, but it's not as long and as flowing as it used to be. It's a, it's a tad sort of tucked under, dare I say, page boy-ish kind of. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, although in the scene in the gas and strip, I really, really like it. Now, in the scene in the yes. at the detective the police, desk, yeah, yeah, that that was a little weird. It was a little too, yeah, like you said, a little mm. too page boy, a little too soccer mom. Mm. Yeah, but, I'm not, I'm or not a big on it. I like it really long. I like it long. It needs to be long. Yeah. The longer, the better. Hair. Season yeah. eight anyway. is still the best hair ever. Season eight, best yes. hair. Followed yeah. closely, in my opinion, by season two. I really like season two hair. After the first four or five episodes, the first few. Yeah, no, like, right around Simon Says. Right around Simon right, Says. Right, Simon yes, Says is the episode yes. where I was like, oh, you're really attractive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Super highbrow yeah. show. Um, okay. Speaking of the gas so, and sip. Yes. Or, or not. <laughs> Convenience store um, guy. Oh, sorry, so what? Convenience store guy. guy. I think he has a name, but I can't remember it. Mickey. Yeah. Yes. The clerk and he's was played awesome. By, he's played by Zachary Golka. He's on Twitter. He he was just awesome. I was like, I've, we've had a lot of you know background character guys on the show that weren't didn't really have big parts, but he had a small part and he played it for all it was worth, and I loved it. He was he one, is probably this year's Tractor Angel. Yes, he is. He was I agree. Fantastic. <laughs> he was fantastic. His delivery of did I conduct a field interview? No. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good because, and that's, that's, what I like about that is I was talking to somebody about it, I don't remember who, but they mentioned um, that Sam was being kind of a dick. And we understand why Sam's being a dick, but he doesn't. Yeah. So right. it's, it's always interesting when you see somebody come in at a Winchester and be like, "Dude, you're tone it down. You're out. Of, you're out of line." And let me show you. Yeah. How. So yeah, I, and I love that. He, I really, he didn't, I enjoyed he didn't, that. He didn't. He didn't, he, uh, he didn't give one one bit of ground back to Sam. He, whatever Sam no. said, he had an answer for. And I I love that. It was, you know, the guy who came in for the porn and did did he say anything? Where's the Where's porn? The porn? <laughs> <laughs> porn guy. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I love third third person point of view for Sam and Dean because we're so used to them, we're so fond of them and the actors and everything. We forget just how scary and dangerous they are. So I like when we get an opinion like this where this guy says, you know, there's someone killing somebody else like eight feet from me and I'm I'm thinking I'm next. You know, and I'm like, oh, that's that's right. That's how dangerous mm-hmm. these guys are. So yeah, I, I love that. He was he was terrific. Yeah, he can he can come back. Come back, Gotham Sip guy. <laughs> Mickey. Oh. His name was Mickey. Mickey. Right. Yes. yes. Mickey. Yeah. Oh, I, another thing. Uh, going back to the time period thing, four weeks and all that. When we so the scene at the beginning was four weeks ago. Sam's already wearing the sling at that time. Right. So how, the four weeks ago, how long was that after Sam, after Dean had died and disappeared? Becky, you know, we don't they gave us the math. Two weeks. 
They said two weeks after that. Cause I no, but the mask. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me let me mask for you for a moment. Let me give you some mask. Forty-five uh, percent of people will understand this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the the jump was four weeks. Then later, Dean says six weeks. So six minus four is two. So that was okay. I I, I remember the six weeks, but I don't remember. On t- I I thought the six weeks was. The two weeks is after the four weeks. I didn't know the two weeks was before the four weeks. No, the two weeks is before the four weeks. Okay, see, I, that's where I was messed up. Thank you. Okay, I'm good now. Put on a mask. That's why I married a math teacher. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why I pay attention when Jeremy Carver gives me math. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of the swing, and I'm very interested to find out what – what happened with Cass and the swing, and mm. very interested with, you know, we, we've gotten spoilers over the summer that this was going to be, you know, a very focused fam and, you know, the, uh, the parallel to Mystery Spot Sam was made and all this, and you can kind of see it come into play when he's on the phone with Cass. He's so shut down about the fact that Cass is sick. You know, and I think it's a really interesting line where Sam is co- Cass is coughing, and Sam, you think Sam's going to say, "Are you okay?" And he just says, "Are you there?" And Cass's reply is, "I'm, I'm fine." So it's a disconnect mm. where Sam has no, he doesn't care whether you're, he's okay or not. And when he's basically like. Okay, if I take you with me, you're going to cough while we're sneaking up on somebody and give us away, and I'm not even dealing with that. Goodbye. You don't yeah, really yeah. get this sense of concern from Sam, more of you're a liability, and I'm not dealing with it. Yeah, I got it. It's like you're, is, weak. You're, you're weak, you're not going to be any help to me. Yeah, which is so opposite of the Sam that we usually get to see. You know? I thought he was actually, it actually dawned on him to be, a little bit considerate of of Cass's condition, like, wait a minute, I, I can hear your dad. I thought callousness. Oh, that's funny. I went, no, I I thought, oh, it's dawned on him that 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 Cass is sick and he can't help me. No, but, especially um, the face that Jared makes when Cass is coughing. He looks so hmm. like, are you done now so that I can talk? <laughs> It's really like um, okay. you're coughing and interrupting fine. my exposition. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how I read it, um, and a lot of it, like yeah. a lot of it for me, was the face that he's making. But mm-hmm. it's that line of, "You expect Sam Winter to say, are you okay?" And he just says, "Are you right. there?" Which clearly he's mm. there because he's coughing in your ear, dude. <laughs> so yeah, um, well that's okay. I mean that's the, that kind of Sam works for me right now. I think it's oh, great. so works that, for me. That was my thought, and I could have just used the old Sam persona that I'm used to and just, just went from there because, you know, but that's okay too. If he's being that way, I, I, I like him that way. I like him focusing <laughs> on like the, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's just, I know why you see, I, why, I know why you're being mean. <laughs> okay. yeah, it's functional at all. Um, <laughs> I'm confused about why a loss of 
like why dwindling grace causes um, pneumonia, I'm perplexed. But I get, I do get that they have to show in some way how it's affecting Cass and that he's dying more or less. No, mm. not more or less. He is dying. Um, but it was weird. Um, and I also, which of, I'm hoping that the reason why Hannah's vessel got nauseated. Because even Cass says, I've never known of a vessel to get nauseated. Like, is the vessel pregnant? Is the vessel with what? Because I thought that yeah. was really strange. I thought that was really strange. There were little things like that that took me very much out of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard a Hannah spoiler, which kind of makes me think that the vessel, I don't want to spoil anybody. This is this is just theory. My own theory. I kind of think that the vessel may be pregnant. So My only thing the, is, is how long has she been in that vessel? Wouldn't the vessel be showing by now? Yeah, yeah. it's been a while. Because yeah. that was my thing when I was we were talking. I was talking about it with some other people. Like, well, okay, let's say she's pregnant. I was like, but she should be showing by now, unless she's hiding it, because she does wear the type of outfit mm-hmm. that could hide, you know, a three to four months pregnancy. I don't know. We'll we'll obviously have to see if it's not just. And again, here's here's the downside is that sometimes writers in general, um, not just super not just the writers, writers in general will find something that they think is cute or funny or whatever, and they'll write around it whether it makes sense or not, just because they don't want to let it go. So, I'm hoping there's a reason for it, but it's entirely possible that there's not. Yeah, yeah. Type of throwaway thing. I mean, sometimes so we'll have to see. Sometimes we just give it a little, give them a little too much credit, and we think, oh, this must, oh, well, this whole thing must be behind this reason. I'm like, you know what? We just thought it would be funny that Cass is driving so badly because he's sick that he made his the other angel car sick. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Okay, yeah, okay. My, that my might be all there is to it. <laughs> my other gripe with that was Cass has been human, and he's been around humans to understand. You know, he's had sex. And he understands modesty. He's been taught by Sam and Dean, like, you don't just barge in, you know, things like that. So then how come Hannah's the one that's uncomfortable with Cass's robe being open and Cass is the one not quite getting it? I feel like those two moments should have been switched, where Hannah just kind of barges in and doesn't even notice his robe is open and Cass's like, whoa, whoa, I'm flapping in the wind. Hold on. (laughs) I felt like those two moments, again, just to play the joke. Were very oh, that was a mental image confused. I was not prepared for. Warning I am so time. sorry because it left my mouth. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I just said that. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we got I'm, another request on Twitter to play our intro again. So go ahead. <laughs> okay, I think this is a great time to play it after that comment. Hold on. Here we go. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. It was just my phrasing. <laughs> um, I I thought that it's just he's so he's so sick and out of it. It wasn't even dawning on him that. Yeah, but I don't understand why why it was weird to her because she's an angel. She's very much still an angel. Mm-hmm. Why was it even like to her a vessel? It's nothing. I don't understand well, why she 
was weirded out I by it. I took it because uh, I took it to be, and it may be the human part of me since I'm not an angel, but um, <laughs> he's like her boss. He's like, you know, someone that she's been working for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seeing him in a um, disrespectful kind of way, you know, he's not in a mm-hmm. reputable, I don't. I can't think of the word I'm trying to say, but he's not in I get, a, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And so she was, like, uncomfortable with that because he's not, he's supposed to be her boss-like person. Yeah. I will allow that. I don't agree with it, but I'll allow it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, again, I think you're giving someone you're giving someone too much credit. Uh, I think I think I think Harvard just thought it was a funny joke, and I would have I would have reversed the reactions, personally. I would have kept the joke, but I would have I would have delivered it differently. Um, just me. Upon speaking of the angel storyline, um, initially on my first watch, I was very I couldn't even tell you what really happened. I really just kind of checked out on it. And during my second watch, I paid a bit more attention. On my third watch, I actually came to the conclusion that I I like it, uh, which is a pro and a con. Okay. It shouldn't take me three. It shouldn't take me three watchings to realize I like it. Mm. But I'm glad yeah. that I made the effort to really pay attention to it in order to see where it was going. Um, on my first watch, I had a real, like, the fish metaphor was just really hitting me over the head. Um, that was, oh, wow. yeah. That was During on the, the nose. Whole fish thing, the whole fish thing was <laughs> like, you know, do they, do they fight? Uh, well, the ones that really want to be free do. And I'm like, yeah, plunk, first anvil of the season. Just yeah. And, and the fact that he okay. went straight to the fish. But he went to the fish with that tone of "we're not talking about fish." <laughs> um, yeah, and and that, but and that scene, it's more about the nuance of it. Which, because I kind of checked out on it, you have to really watch Cass's face during that scene and his reactions to the conversation that everybody's having, that mm-hmm. he's having, and then you know that Hannah tries to take over the conversation, that he's really listening. And then when it cuts to the, the campfire scene, that because basically what Daniel is saying is he's articulating what Cass has been doing for years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he's in a way, and inadvertently, in my opinion, I don't think he's doing it on purpose, I think he's inadvertently kind of throwing it in Cass's face where Cass has to kind of take stock of himself in that moment and realize that he, that Hannah and he by proxy of, being on Hannah's side for all intents and purposes, it's a hypocritical moment for him. And he, I can, mm-hmm. you can see where, like when he tells Hannah, you know, we're getting somewhere with this, you can see where he's, he's becoming so aware. And one of the, one of my, the things that I've always liked about Cass is those moments where he becomes very self-aware because he is an entity that shouldn't have self-awareness really. And so when he has it, I find it, ever more interesting. So I do question why if he was going to kill Daniel anyway, why didn't he take his grace? Mm-hmm. Two birds, one stone, buddy. I just, I mean, if the cough syrup is there, drink it. I'm assuming, um, you know, first of all, I, I felt so terrible for him when he had to kill Daniel because you could tell he really did not want to do he it. Really he really didn't want to. to. 
and he, you know, he felt for Daniel because, like you said, he, that's him. You know, Daniel is basically saying everything that he feels. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, but Daniel was going to kill Hannah, and Hannah's one of his best friends. And But mm-hmm. yeah. I felt the reason why he didn't take um, Daniel's grace or, you know, anybody, any other angel's grace in this time is because he knows he'll just be back in the same position again, having to kill another angel again or whatever, you know, to get more. And so because Castiel's a good guy, you know, he doesn't want it, – it's similar to when um, – uh, the Frankenstein episode uh, back in season three when um, Doc, Doc Benton and, you know, Dean could kill, you know, Doc Benton could tell Dean how to live. he just have to get a new spleen and, not, you know, a heart or whatever, right. you know, every year. And, Dean and, when, and that you and mentioning that also goes back to the way Sam can get, where, you know, Sam gets a lot of flack for being the one to be so passive when things are going down. But that's the episode where Sam tells him, let's be zombies together. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you know, Dean gets a lot of flack for selling his soul for Sam. And I think it's very easy for us to forget that Sam tried to sell his soul for Dean multiple times, but nobody was mm-hmm. buying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think it really sets them apart that when When it's really drastic, sounds so much scarier than Dean or Cass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I felt we had kind of lost in the recent years. It's always how I felt about Sam, and I feel like we had lost that in recent years. So I'm glad to see that they're remembering that. So um, it really, I always thought it was really strange that we've lost that in recent years. Yet Jeremy Carver's who gave us Mystery Spot, which is the absolute most terrifying sound ever. Mhm. Also, one of my favorites. Yeah. But um, I, I'm I thought, glad to see that we're kind of going back into that. Yeah. I um. I. I, I was just gonna say, like, like, like you. Know, in fact, we mentioned it on Twitter briefly that I I had to really like try to listen during the angel scenes. I felt my attention wandering off. Um. And I, when I watched it. The second time, I, I made I, I made myself pay more attention. I again, I actually liked it better the second time around. Mm-hmm. I think it needs it need, I, and I, I like looking at, at Cass. I felt very sorry for him what he ended up having to do. But I, you know, like, like you say, it's like if I've got to try that hard. Um, and I think you know, nah, in, I don't know. In... We'll see. In Carver's defense, and and I guess in a way Cass's defense, <laughs> um, you know, coming in as a season premiere, and all the promotion has been about Dean being a demon, Dean being a demon. So as a, as a viewer, you're kind of just going, yeah, 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 back to Dean, please. Yeah, okay, okay, back to Dean, please. So it almost feels like everything else is filler. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think... Because of that, that that bit of the, for all intents and purposes, the B plot suffered because of the hype of the A plot. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, uh, through interviews, both Carver and Misha have said, you know, that this is going to be a really big journey for Cass this season and we're going to get a lot out of him. 
And I'm hoping because I think when they give Misha really needy things to do, he does really, really extraordinary things with them. Um, you know, case in point, going back to uh, The Rapture, which is one of my favorite episodes. And I think he's phenomenal in it. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I think that when they give Misha good things to work with, he does so well with it that I'm looking forward to them giving his storyline the respect that I don't feel that they've given it for the past two years. You know, I think there was such potential with him becoming human, and while we all knew it couldn't be something that lasted, I don't think it was handled in the most structured of ways or the clearest of ways. I think they could have given him so much more to do with it that they didn't. I feel like it was all set up to just make, for him to be able to make a point later on. So, yeah. But I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt that it suffered mostly because it was interwoven with going on and the the tone of the of the two plots were very different. You have Dean's plot, which is lighthearted on the surface, but really dark and really sad underneath. And then you have almost a calm monotone of Cass's uh, storyline. Speaking of Dean's storyline, let's get into the misadventures of Crowley and Squirrel. Yeah, I wanted to get all of that out of the way so we could talk about Diva D. Yeah, let's get to that. First of all, the hair. (laughs) You know, you know. Let's get. You know, are we going to have to have a Demon Dean hair report this year because the hair is way different? And I I have a friend. um, She's uh, on Twitter. She's a patron hippie. And uh, JC hates the hair, and I'm like, you're you are incorrect, madam. The hair, <laughs> the hair is good. Yeah, it's wonderful. There's a there's a picture going around of Dean sort of le- leaning back on the headboard yes. and then looking, it's, it's and it's showing. It's, it's breathtaking. It's showing in our podcast right now. It's one, it, it'll be come up in our podcast if you're watching through our website <laughs> through the Blog Talk Radio. It's in there. <laughs> Yeah, the well, and um, and it's very. It reminded me a bit of the. Uh, oh God, I just blanked. The thing where he, they're on the Devil's Trap and Guyby filmed it, and it was a big meme. Oh my God, help! Harlem Shake. Oh, the Harlem Harlem Shake. <laughs> <laughs> when when he's singing right when he's singing uh, I'm Too Sexy and he does that little like trade hip wiggle thing I'm like oh god you're such a dork but <laughs> that's one of the things that I think and Jensen had in interviews he it's weird because he had said it so blatantly and I kind of was like Meh, whatever I didn't take it seriously but he had mentioned how Dean is kind of just like the guy who doesn't know how to leave the party and he's just kind of in a way lame and I didn't really take that to heart and you don't really see that till the end of the episode where he's just he is. He's, you know, he doesn't know when to stop. He doesn't care to stop, which is not the kind of demon that we all expected. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that Jensen was right. It is a sadder kind of thing versus just a blatant, 
scary, terrifying thing. Which makes it, but considering that it's Dean Winchester, makes it even scarier in a way. Yeah. Because, yeah, because he was always, you know, he's always the guy who worries too much about everything, you know. He he puts on the persona of the party guy, but actually he's the one with, with self-esteem issues and, you know, and doesn't think that he's, you know, good enough for, you know, and so you were, and now he's the guy out there, he's just, and I was talking to another friend, although we disagreed on this, um, she did not agree with me at all, which is, I like having debates with people who don't agree with me, so that's always fun for me, Um, but I was saying, you know, there was a, somewhere at the point of the episode I was really hit with the same way I felt the first time I watched What Is and What Should Never Be, um, with that discomfort, that secondhand embarrassment you have for for a character or a person. Um, because in What Is and What Should Never Be, Dean's not actually a loser, but you're given the impression that he should feel like he's won. You know, Mary's reaction to him being there and, you know, her just assuming he was drunk, her reaction to him hanging out with her in the morning, her reaction to him wanting to cut the grass, Sam's reactions to him, all of that, you get the feeling that this is not the Dean Winchester that we love. And it was almost like Demon Dean was that Dean on steroids. Where, you know, you are, instead of, you know, I was very uncomfortable for Demon Dean, especially in the last scene he has with Anne-Marie, or leading up to that scene. You know, mm-hmm. he's belligerent, he's singing, you know, lame songs. Um, they have to cut him off. He's mm-hmm. face down, face planted on the bed, and just the way he tells Anne-Marie, let's get out of here, is so desperate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He said, you know, I'm I'm confused. I'm looking forward to seeing more Demon Dean because right now I'm confused about about how I about, feel like the dialogue know, doesn't quite match. I feel like the dialogue doesn't quite match the way Jensen's playing it, and I'm interested in that because I think what may be affecting that for us as viewers is that they shot episode three first, so Jensen could direct. And so he's already played that Dean, that Demon Dean, which we've seen from promos, is basically off his rocker. Yeah, and so so he has the advantage of knowing where this is going and playing it that way, where we as the viewers don't have that advantage. So I'm wondering if it'll all click into place for us in the next two two episodes. That's what, that's, Yeah. Because, like I said, it was when he invites Anne-Marie with him, it's so desperate. And it's not until she turns on him, basically, and was like, no, I'm not going with you, loser, that he throws it back at her. Mm-hmm. And, and what he tells her, what he tells her is really mean to her, but it's so self-aware of himself. And mm-hmm. it, it, which makes, which, you know, all, you know, what we've heard and what we've seen, demons don't care. You know, they don't care what you think. They don't, they well, don't care. Well, yes and no. And I've always, and this is the thing that's been stuck in my head on and off, but especially when, when Jensen was getting interviews about how Demon Dean was going to go, 
and all this, and I was thinking about <laughs> Bias, my favorite character, Meg. Um, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about the line that Drusilla has in in Buffy, where she oh, says, so we can love. "Oh, we can love well, if not wisely." Yes, yes. And I equate that because you have Meg, who was capable of familial emotions, romantic emotions, friendship emotions. Because I do think in her own twisted way, she considered Sam a friend. And she, she in her way, the best of her way, loved Cass and loved her father. And, you know, you think about Crowley, where Crowley, whatever Crowley's up to, he is thoroughly obsessed with Sam and Dean. No matter where this is going, he is so borderline in love with the both of them that it's, Whoa, honey, back up. <laughs> I think what what I'm confused about Dean and Dean is because of what we saw of Cain, you know, Tim Allenson, yeah. Cain in Firstborn. You know, we saw, and what we saw and we heard was demons were afraid of him. You know, he, you know, he was the most evil, the most dangerous, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody. But he earned that. The, the worst of the worst were afraid to come, all because of the mark. And so Dean is now that person. And I'm guessing, um, like you said, he um, Kane earned that. I'm guessing that, you know, we're just, Dean is just growing into it. He hasn't gotten to that part yet. Yeah, because there's no, what we've learned from the two demons that Crowley threw at him, they have no respect for the fact that this is Dean Winchester with the mark of Kane as a demon. Those, that should be the most bow-down kind of thing in existence. See, and they're not bowing they, down. I'm wondering if they don't know that. I mm. don't know either. That's that's curious as well. Um, because and, if you go along with the first scene with... Where it says uh, no one's demon, talking? Yeah, well, well, with Sam and the demon, where he's torturing the demon. Yeah. He's saying, I heard the stories and everything, and they're true. And it turns out it's about Sam. What if they yeah. don't have, you know, they don't actually know that it's Dean? That and I'm curious because Crowley is saying, you know, we have to, I have, you have to feed the mark, which I'm curious about because Kane wasn't feeding the mark, um, at all. So I'm right. curious about that, how that's going to balance out. But I'm also curious about if Crowley has a double motive where he, yeah, yes. He thinks that the or he's telling me the mark has to be fed, but is it also you need to make a name for yourself because everyone needs to recognize who you are? Yeah, and Crowley. Exactly. And the fact that that demon that met him at the at the at the Blackspur Roadhouse thing, um, the fact that he call, he tells Dean, I just can't believe a douche like you killed her. Again, I go back to the fact that this is Dean Winchester, and that alone should be very much bow down. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, again, we'll see how it plays out. It's just a premiere, so you're, you know, you can't show your whole hand in the first episode. That's ridiculous. No, and I they can't that. trust Crowley. <laughs> I no. mean, he's got, he's got ulterior motives to his ulterior motives for his right. ulterior motives. And this is my motive. other question. Yeah, this is my other question. You have, and I go back to, you know, because in fandom we're very interview obsessed. So, you know, the minute there's an interview with a cast member or a, a writer, 
we all devour it. Um, so I go back to Jensen saying that Dean doesn't care about Sam. And you kind of get that in the last scene, but the only times that you get a real reaction out of Dean is when Crowley mentions Sam, which you have to wonder why does Dean even care if he's, he theoretically could take Sam out very easily. So what does he care if Sam's coming after him? One. Then you get the last scene where, yes, he's not going after Sam. He's not going to help him. He's not rushing to his aid. But he does want the proof of life. And he does mm-hmm. vow to kill Cole. Right. And well, the, it's, it's, it's so, weird. It's a weird thing where it's, it's almost like he gave Sam exactly what Sam asked for. When Sam get, told him in season nine, you have to let me make my own decisions. I'm a grown-up. My own consequences, blah, blah, blah. And it's mm-hmm. very much a be careful what you wish for kind of thing in this, in this instance. But you still have Dean being like, I'm not in any rush to find you, but I will find you eventually, and I will kill you for this. And the way I took it that was that he didn't care. It, it, it's it's not that the fact uh, – let me try to explain it. The way I took it was it's not, you know, yeah, you're going to kill Sam, but I'm, and I'm not going to stop you. But you're doing something to piss me off. You're doing something mm. against yeah, me. Yeah, like I wonder if it's kind of a proprietary – well, I yeah, don't know. Exactly. He's not – yeah, it's one of those – how do I put it? It's like how – You're taking – how dare you come and try and do something to piss me off? I'm going to get you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also I always think about me. it. I think about it again. I, I have the habit of thinking about things in terms of, of Buffy. Um, but it's one of those things, again, like Spike was always thought he was willing to kill Angel, but it was very much a, if I can't kill him, no one can kind of thing. Mm. And could be. I don't know. I again, we'll have to see how it plays out because, yeah. you know, I mean, we if, get, you, if we get the the old Dean would have basically given Cole what he wanted. I'm I'm coming for you. Don't you dare exactly. touch my brother. Well, this Dean, this Dean is is like, oh, I'm coming. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to play into your hands. I'm not going to let you think you've gotten to me. And maybe his reason isn't exactly this is my brother, you know, and, and, and he, he's the most dearest thing to me in my life, but, oh, I'm coming for you and I'm coming for you now, but I'm not going to tell okay. you. And I, I will give you, you know, that. He's got a he plan. Wants the proof of life. Yeah. He wants the proof of life, which is what throws that theory off for me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he just wanted and to well, see if Sam was actually there and, and like, do I need yeah, to waste I, my I time? Didn't. But again, why does he care? Especially if it's Maybe the theory of, yeah, but if it's yeah. the theory of you're, I don't care what you're doing, but you're pissing me off. Mm-hmm. It again, we'll have to see how it plays out. But mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. That the only things that get, I mean, I say that because the basis of the mark of Cain, it's a, it's a, it's a brother mark, for lack of a better descriptor. Hi, I'm a writer. I swear. Uh, mm-hmm that I wonder if that's, it, it gets a reaction out of Dean, just not necessarily the reaction we are used to and we expect and we want, but it's still mm-hmm. reactionary in a way. Um, because, again, to me, a demon who is drunk and singing karaoke poorly gets approached by a bouncer, 
he's not going to push a brown bouncer. He's going to rip the bouncer's head off. Mm. So it's it's interesting to me. Um, this would be a good chance to mention our contest. Should we do that real quick? Sure. Um, okay, so um, Tea Public is giving us a, a free T-shirt. You get to choose. Um, we at Tea uh, um on our Winchester Boat site. If you go down to our bottom left corner of WinchesterBoats.com, you'll see a graphic for uh, our, the Winchester Boats store at Tea Public. Um, you will be able to choose any of those t- any one T-shirt that we have there. Um, and our store at Tea Public, um, Tea Public is giving this to you for free, and to one of our listeners. And here it is. The let's say this is let's say four. The uh, the fourth person to tweet us with the magic word uh, will win their choice supernatural T-shirt um, from Tea Public. And it's the fourth person, not the um, fourth tweet. You can't tweet four tweets in a row. It has to be the fourth person. Um, <laughs> and tweet us with the magic word, which is Funky Town. Uh, if you remember from season two, that was Sam and Dean's magic word. So fourth person to tweet us at Winchester Bros with the word Funky Town, you win your choice of T-shirts from Tea Public. Ready to go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, while people are doing that, um, let's talk about Cole a little bit. Um, okay. Travis Aaron Wade. I you know, go. I I don't know. He was so. I mean, the introduction of this character in that scene. Um, we have a winner. I, I, oh, yeah. we have a winner. <laughs> We have a winner, uh, Stephanie okay. Vidal. Um, twi- Twitter name is at Pro Skyrim. Um, you are the winner. Um, thank you, everybody. We will try and do this again. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Um, Stephanie Vidal, after the podcast, we will be DMing you. So you can know how to pick out your shirt. <laughs> okay. Very cool. That's Congratulations. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, this, his, his introduction comes right after a commercial break. So I'm fast forwarding through the commercials, and I I miss the beginning of his his scene every time because it looks like a, a serial commercial. I, I'm, not, I'm not the one in charge of the clicker in my house. When we watch Supernatural, my mother's in charge of the clicker. Uh, so she was fast forwarding as well. She did the same thing. The only reason I told her, whoa, 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 go back, is because I recognized him. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was the same thing. It, it looked like a commercial, and it didn't. It didn't. It was. I don't know if that was on purpose or not. Like when we have changing channels and we go into the herpexia, uh, herpexia commercial, and it's supposed to look like a commercial. Um, I don't know, but it was weird. It was I'm sorry, weird. I that that scene was weird. It was. It was the whole workout with with the orange juice and the the kids cereal. And why do you have a fax machine? This is 2014. <laughs> <laughs> you know they're out there. And ha- I, that, I, actually, that still bother me. They're, they're out there. They're everywhere. I had to fax something no, the other day. No, my father has a fax machine at his house. Yeah, my father has a fax machine at his house. <laughs> it's got about an inch um, of dust on it. It's there though. <laughs> uh, well, it's also sometimes when you want to hide and you don't want to have well, your, your the radar. anything hacked or whatever. Well, fax machine. 
I'm more surprised that his that his millennial child knew how to work it. <laughs> the most interesting part to me was someone sent that to him and wrote and with the word yup on yep. it. Yup. Yeah. So somebody so. he has help out there. He has help and he has help on the inside. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I assume being that, you know, the very blatant shot of I assume his brother in full marine guard. No, that uh, was him. Was that him? Yeah, because the actor himself was a marine, and that was his actual picture from when he that was. Didn't in look like him. Yeah, I knew. I knew Travis Aaron Wade had been a marine, but wow, uh, didn't look like him. Okay, forget that. Then I had a whole theory going. We're going to toss that out. It's gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Well, then I don't know who he has on the inside because well, that's an easy way to get somebody on the inside, especially because uh, again, I have this big obsession with a few good men. Uh, for those of you out there who don't know that, and when oh my I God, say you that, does not know that. Well, <laughs> you know, my personal account is is a lost account, so sure, not everybody sure. out there knows. But okay. when I say I have an obsession with the movie, I mean that I watch it on average nine to ten times a week, every week. Um, usually, if I watch it, I will watch it again right afterwards. So that six hours of my day is just spent on that movie three or four times a week. I yeah. like it a lot. Uh, but so I was thinking about, you know, uh, you have Colonel Markinson, who go, who's a Marine, who goes into the CIA, and then, you know. So that was my whole where I was going with that. Again, cloud of judgment because of a few good men. So, you know, now I'll have to wait and figure it out with everybody else, whatever. <laughs> um, should we um, also start taking callers, too, by the way? Yes. Uh, sure. If if we had a caller, we could take them. Um, <laughs> I, I we had a couple earlier, but I think they they got tired. Yeah, actually, our winner, our winner, um, Stephanie Vidal, she had called when we weren't taking calls, so call back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just in and just in case, here's the phone number. So if you're listening and want to call in, here's the phone number. Just in case you uh, didn't see it, it's three four seven two zero five nine eight. Zero one. So uh, give us a call, and we'll just keep chatting about other things until somebody checks in. Um. Anyway, what's going on with Cole's like wife? I mean, she she says, you know, is it him? And then she obviously gets very, very upset. So I I wonder. I wonder. And I wasn't sure on. if her upset was kind of like a relief. Because mm. I know that if my husband was thoroughly obsessed with something and we were looking at maybe the end of the tunnel of it, I'd probably have like a relief breakdown about it. Mm-hmm. Or he's clearly very obsessed. She's been afraid of, or this is the moment she's been afraid of. Yeah, her husband is it, was, finally... it was interesting that you could you could read that moment different ways, where she's mm-hmm. either relieved that there's light at the end of the tunnel, scared that this is going where she was hoping it never was going to go or that this is partly her vendetta as well. Because mm-hmm. I know what the, what the and I know I'm not going to say it, but, you know, the, there was the there was an interview with Jeremy Carver about a week ago where he basically spoiled what uh, Cole's issue was or is. Oh, don't um, tell me because I missed that apparently. No, I, I'm not going to tell you I missed it, it too, too. So. Yeah, well... <laughs> Way to fan um, run, guys. Good job. Uh, 
<laughs> but um, I did read it, and because initially the very first spoilers we got was that the character was very young, he was like 20, and then because they cast Travis, they aged up the character, and I'm not sure if they also tweaked the story. But um, so given that spoiler, which is why I was confused about the Marine picture, but now I'm not confused because I was just, you know, oblivious to the fact that it was the same person. So, you know, go me. Um, And I think what messed me up about the picture that I didn't recognize it as being Travis and then the story he tells about um, his brother on his handlebars and all that and everything, that's where I got all jumbled. Um, But, yeah, okay, so it... I don't know where I was going because I was trying so hard not to spoil everybody. <laughs> well, I thought yeah. he said I he knew Dean. He he has known Dean a very very long time, and Dean was the monster then, but now he's the monster and and Dean is prey. So yeah. So and you know I, what is he? Who is he? And he says, "Yeah, I'm a hunter." Yeah, I guess you could say that. So he's not a hunter in the sense that Sam and Dean are hunters. Right. And so, I'm probably, hmm. this is probably just me wishing for something that's never going to happen, but my favorite thing last year was the whole Crowley's son being alive, going to can change the whole timeline. I'm hoping that Cole's storyline has is effect is because of some, of time, things changing because mm-hmm. Crowley's son is alive. I, I'm hoping they have not dropped it because that yeah. is so interesting. I'm hoping that they have not forgotten what they said mm-hmm. in that episode. Yeah. I hope if it if it doesn't have anything to do with Cole, okay, but you're right. I, I hope they don't drop it. I hope it comes up somehow. Somewhere. I have a feeling because, yeah, my that's theory good, is yeah. yeah, my theory regarding Cole is given the spoiler, I'm thinking it was one of those things that Dean had to do. You know, and there was collateral mm-hmm. damage involved. Mm-hmm. And you know we've we've often discussed that Sam and Dean go in and they fix the problem, air quotes, and then they just leave. Mm-hmm. And for the people who don't know that the supernatural exists, and the people who aren't directly involved in whatever case they're working, it leaves them with no sense of closure. So, yeah. you know, if you think about, for example, I, I know I go back to her all the time. If you think about Meg. Her first vessel, who was really Meg Masters, her family has no idea what happened. Mm. I think, you know, and there's this, there's a string of of stolen cars across America, (laughs) you know. Yeah, stolen cars and disrupted lives. You know, yeah, or you think about not nearly as important as Meg's family, of course, but it, but it's another thing. It's like they, they, they use a car, and God knows where it ends up. God knows what happens to it. You know, so, you know, yeah, like can you, you have imagine a car you that you have need your car. And... Yeah, you're at work. You get out of work. Your car is stolen. You report to your mm-hmm. insurance company, and then six months later, it's ten states over. The hell? Yeah. Yeah. How even? Covered in blood and over. <laughs> you know, and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> Where's my car been? And there's, and there's possibly a sawed-off shotgun in the backseat. You don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. 
but a, yeah, a really strange symbol like, drawn in the trunk. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I've always yeah. thought about the fact that even the ones who are involved in the case, you know, you had, um, for example, Sarah, or if you go back to season one, you have basically everybody in the first string of episodes because they were uh, all Monster of the Week and all um, Urban Legend at the time. This incredibly screwed up thing has happened in your life, and the only two people that you know that understand it left. Mm. And you have to go back to normal. Now, Um, if you add that into if something happens to, you know, say something happens to your mother in that instance, well, your aunt doesn't understand it, and how do you explain it to them? You can't. No one's going to believe you. So I'm I'm assuming it's that kind of situation that's going to happen, where it was mm-hmm. one of those things where Dean had to do what Dean had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel bad. We had a caller, and they hung on, and they just hung up. And I am so sorry. Please call back. And the second I see you, you know on that you there, can I tell me to shut up, on. right? Oh, they're back. <laughs> they're back. No, I don't want like to interrupt. That's not nice. But anyway, there they are. So I'm going to put them on here quick. Hi, I am. Hello, caller. You're on the air. I am so sorry, but, but go for it. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. You're on the air. Oh no. Okay. So, by the way, this is Steph Adal, the one that won the T-shirt. Thanks, guys, a oh. lot. Congratulations! <laughs> Yay! No, yeah. Well, going Congrats. back to Cole, like the guy that kidnapped Sam and stuff. Well. So when I was watching the episode, I saw, like, the picture of him, and it was, like, a Marine sort of photo, like, they're in their army garb and stuff. So I was, like, thinking, like, oh, my God, is this, like, from John Winchester's past, like, coming back to haunt Dean and stuff? And I was thinking that maybe they knew each other from back when. Maybe he's, like, a hunter. His dad was a hunter, and something happened. Like, you know how uh, the whole thing with Joe's dad, how John Winchester left him to die, basically, for, for bait when they were hunting, like, I don't remember with mm. the vampires or something like that. So I don't know if maybe like it was a sort of same situation and then Dean was involved. So I don't know. Maybe. You never know. It could have been. It could have been. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking like immediately I was like, oh my God, is it like another hunter friend to help Sam find Dean until, oh crap, <laughs> he just kidnapped Sam and punched him in the face. <laughs> right, yeah. right. I assume that whatever happened between... Cole and Dean, however it was, I say assume, but it's more of a wishful thinking kind of thing, that this ha- whatever happened happened during the Stanford years. Yeah. Ooh, no, because, yeah. like, it, it seems like it's a sort of a brother-brother thing. Like, you killed my brother, and now I'm going to torture yours until you come over and I take revenge, you know? Ooh, um, you think, you're thinking maybe Dean did something to his brother. That yeah. is good. That's a good mm-hmm. theory since he did mention his brother. I like that theory. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm it's going like to keep my spoiler whole... to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then with yeah, <laughs> and with uh, Castiel and like Hannah, like you know how you were thinking like, oh, maybe she's pregnant. Like, what if like since Hannah's in that vessel, it's either slowing down the pregnancy or maybe even like it's turning into a new film because they've never had like a pregnant host. Then all of a sudden, there's an angel inside that host. So what if? Like, I don't know, it's changing child, and maybe that's a whole new, like, story arc that they're going to start in this season. Ooh. Like, because we've yet to, like, uh, establish who, like, the big bad is and who we need to defeat this season, like, besides Dean. But, like, it's sort of, like, obvious that they're going to save Dean. They have to. 
because they can't keep on going with like one of the main characters gone the entire season. So maybe like that's their new their new villain. I like their Nephilim theory. That is a good theory. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need a big bad, but didn't... Well, because you like Jeremy Nephilim said that it's coming yeah. later. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, She's got some good theories. I like this girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And how devastated were you guys when Anne-Marie was calling Dean out? And Dean was just like, you know, you could see, like, he was sort of, like, pissed off, sort of crushed, like, how dare you say that to me? Like, yeah. and then yeah, it's like sort of really like well when she played. walks out, he's all like slumped in the bed, like sort of defeated. Like this is who I am now. I'm this bad guy. I'm not this good guy pretending to be tough. I am the bad guy. And it's sort of mm-hmm. like, oh, Dean, I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I think like I what I really found like heartbreaking was Dean's realization that he's the bad guy and not the cool bad guy. Like he, I think he always thought if he was ever a bad guy, he'd be a cool bad guy. Yeah. And, like, the realization that he's not. Yeah. yeah. Especially, like, 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 he's so pushing that, him. Like, like, Dean has said before that, um, you know, he, 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 sure, he's done some good things, but, you know, he's ditched girls, he stole things, you know, he's not the best guy, but, you know, but he's, uh, you know, he's kind of said that before, but now to know that he is that bad guy, that he's in, yeah, that, that, that's rough. And then, like, the parallel between, like, season, like, two, and he's like, this is who you're going to become when, like, Demon Dean, like, that hallucination is coming after him. Like, this is who you're going to become. And then it's actually mm-hmm. happening. It's like, oh, my God. This is, like, right. the literal, like, worst nightmare. It's happening. And yet you don't have, like, the tools, but, like, the capability to care that it just happened. It's like, whoa. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, like, it feels like he still has some of that humanity left inside him. Like, he still cares, and then he's trying so hard not to. Like, when Carly, like, calls him out, I was like, you're not caring about her, are you? And he's like, no, no, it means nothing. But, like, maybe mm-hmm. it does mean something. Like, even though it's, like, some fling at a bar in, like, Falula, North Dakota or whatever, and it's, like, not that big a deal, but it still is. Like, he wants to escape with this girl, escape from what he's become, what he, he knows is happening to him. He still wants to escape. I think it could be, you know, maybe it's not that he would be, like, in love with her, air quotes, because obviously he wouldn't be, he just met her. But just the idea of, you know, just because you're a demon doesn't mean you don't want companionship. Mm-hmm. Especially and Meg and her unicorn castle. <laughs> exactly. Like she still, she wants that. And with, like, the least, like, likely pair ever, a demon with an right. angel. Yeah, and, you know... Dean was content to have Crowley as a companion until Crowley was no longer the type of companion that Dean thought he wanted. He, wanted. he still wanted and to have the moon, and then Crowley's like, okay, we need to get back to reality. We have we have shit to do. We need to get well, a I lot think, more hells mm-hmm. in the hill and stuff. And also, you know, Crowley was questioning him, and I think this is the kind of Dean who doesn't want to be questioned, which in my opinion, is part of why he would leave Sam or avoid Sam because Sam's going to question him, try to fix him, you know, those mm-hmm. kind of things, mm-hmm. which is not what he wants, versus Anne-Marie, who, one, doesn't have prior knowledge of his life, and two, he assumes is just going to be smitten with him because that's what girls do. They get smitten with Dean Winchester. That's what he's used to. <laughs> like, who wouldn't? Exactly. Like- I- <laughs> 
But he says he's a different being. It's easier for her and theoretically any other woman to, since he's not turning on the charm, be it's not affecting them the same way. Where you're looking, you're just looking at Dean going, this is the bad boy with a heart. Now it's just like, you're a douche waffle. No thanks. Like, <laughs> you're great yeah. for a night, but I'm not taking you home to mom ever. Yeah. I think Dean, I think Dean actually, when, when he realized he was back and, and the Mark of Cain kind of demon, I think he went, I, I finally got what I wished for. I can be, I can do what I want, say what I want, go what I want, have any woman, no guilt. I'm guilt-free. I'm not obliged to family. I'm not obliged to my brother. I'm not obliged to hunt. I can do whatever I want. It's like, it's like not being allowed to eat candy until you eat a ton of candy and then you go, boy, am I really sorry I ate all that candy because it's not, <laughs> and it just makes you feel sick. So I think he's like, that's why he's like drinking and doing karaoke and playing foosball and just having a good time. And maybe it's starting to dawn on him that, you know, it'd be careful what you wish for, <laughs> you know. Yeah, which is also uh, like what I said with, that he kind of gave Sam exactly what Sam asked for and now it sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So now yeah. it's both of them, again, like he said, be careful what you wish for because you, if you get it, Mm-hmm. Like it sounds yeah, great. Especially like, in like, it's one of those things where I, yeah, where people say like, Oh, I don't want to work. It'd be great to not have to work. And then when you don't mm-hmm. work, you're like, Wow, am I bored? I'm so bored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's completely it. He got what he wished for. He can just, you know, drink, do do karaoke, play football, play all these games and all of a sudden, you know, it's not nearly as fun as I thought it fun. was gonna be to not have to do anything else. Yeah. So that's part of it. And like I feel like Dean, because he was like in such a shitty place before he turned into a demon. Like, Sam basically said, like, dude, I wouldn't have saved your life. I would have left you. I would have let you die and, like, moved on with my life. And, like, he was so depressed, like, with the mark, everything that was just building up the entire ninth season. Like, he was, like, borderline, like, depressive, and he was just like, how do I deal with all this crap? And then finally, he had, like, an out. Like, he turned into a demon, and he finally, he didn't care about anything, and he could just go drink, party, sing crappy karaoke, um, sleep with every girl that he'd met on the way, and it's like like a relief, like a burden has been lifted from him. And then he realizes like this isn't that great. Like it's, it's like he doesn't care, but at the same time he wishes he could care. You know, uh, he yeah. remembers everything. See, like because like, like all the years that you spent like twisted in hell, it sort of like removes your humanity. But it happened in like literally a couple hours. So maybe there's like loads of men left, and. And Cain, he fell in love with a girl, and he wanted to be better. Like, he still had humanity left. He killed himself to save his brother, you know? So it's like the curse of, like, the mark isn't as powerful as, like, Dean thinks it is. He doesn't, it doesn't completely take him over like he believes it has. Boy, I love you. You just have the greatest thing. I like I like listening to you. I, I love the comment you said that he wishes he could care. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to call in every week. I like listening to you. <laughs> yeah. And, again, it's like, you know, it's like the wanting isn't so much as the having and you know, and there's maybe there's part of him like he could he could be Cain. He could go on. He could start the Knights of Hell all over again. He could do terrible, terrible things because he has this extra power. <laughs> and he has the biggest thing he's done is go play karaoke 
So <laughs> he has the power to do and so I, much, and he's not choosing to do it. I think that's what's disappointing Crowley so much is that Crowley thought he was going to have, you know, basically this hybrid of a Winchester, a demon, Kane, and a hellhound. And it turns out he just still has Dean Winchester. Yep. Too much Dean Winchester for Crowley's liking. Yeah, like what you're way too Dean for what I want. Because mm-hmm. Dean, like, mm-hmm. even when he was human, he was all about the party, all about sleeping with girls, all about drinking, all about playing games. And everything that, like, was removed from the emotional, oh, I care about everything, all of that partying came with Demon Dean, and that's all Demon Dean wants to do. And Carly's like, no, I want to get down to work, you know, getting souls. You'd be my best bud. But it's like, this is kind of like, I want to party. I don't want to work. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of, like, season one Dean coupled mm-hmm. with, like, how we speculate Stanford years Dean was, but then he got laid off, so he doesn't have a job. Like, it's it's the same it's the same guy, just without any, he has nothing else to do. Exactly. Like, he doesn't have his little brother to take care for. And John wasn't like, oh, Dean, I need you to take care of me. No, it was like, you go do your job, I'll do mine, and then... We're yeah, they were hunting separately. That's how far our loyalty exchange. Like, I will take care of you in the sense that I'll make sure you don't get killed by a vampire or some demon. But that's basically it. You do your job, I'll do mine. So that's yeah, literally when, we, when we're introduced to Dean. Yeah, we're introduced to Dean. He was hunting by himself. John was off alone, and he wasn't worried about Sam because, as far as he figured, Sam was safe at Stanford until he needed Sam. He didn't go to Sam because Sam was in danger. He went to Sam because he needed Sam. Mhm. Like Sammy was safe. Dad was doing his own thing until all of a sudden, oh no, where's Dad? I don't know what to do with myself. I need a, I need to help somebody because all his life he's been taking care of somebody, and that somebody was Sammy. And Sammy doesn't need him anymore, so he was just sort of drifting. Like the only thing that kept him going was hunting because he knew, I'm helping at least I'm helping somebody. Because he's been mm-hmm. he's basically been Sam's mother all his life, so he always he has that like mother bear complex. Like, I need to protect somebody. I need to I need to help somebody make sure they're okay. So Which that's makes how me wonder if that him. was part of his thing with Anne Marie. Like he's seeing, you know, her that that mad guy was like being a total douche, like, come on, what the hell are you doing? It's like, hey, th- yeah. this is this is my girl. I've been like seeing her for a few days. You can't talk to her that way. Yeah, obviously she had told Dean about him because Dean was named. Like, oh is this Matt? Yeah. Hmm. So you have to also think, so then Demon Dean was willing to hear her sob story. Not to mention, the the mark also needs to be sated. Like, that's why he, like, completely, like, beat that guy to hell. Because he's, like, he needs to, like, get that pent out frustration. Like, I need to kill something. Which is why Crowley, like, perfectly times it after he saw Dean beat that guy up. Okay, I need to get somebody in here so, like, Dean can kill him or then he's going to go insane. But also, like, I need that, like, that... The martyr complex that I need to protect somebody complex. I need to sacrifice myself or do something to help somebody, or I'm going to go insane. Yeah, and, also, and I thought know, it was interesting think, how he he offered to Anne Marie, let's let's go, let's go. But she, you know, she had his she had his number. You know, she knew what he was like and and what he was, and she thought he might be a good guy, but he isn't. And I like how he 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 pushes her away before she has a chance to like dissect him anymore and tell him, him and hold up a mirror and say, this is who you are. And he's like, I'm okay. So I'm, I'm coming to town because and I, I go with anything possible. 
So yeah, like she's right. I thought it was says, interesting you know, that he could be hurt. So sort of. Yeah, she's right when she says, "I thought it was about me," and then the and more you kept hitting him, I realized it had nothing to do with me. But mm-hmm. I also fully believe that Dean fully believes that he was doing it for her, demon or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. how it goes. Definitely. And then Sam gets out of that jam with Cole. So obviously some either Dean happens to, like, come in and decides, like, you know, I'm going to save you, or Sam gets out of it. And, like, you know, in the promo how you see Dean literally bashing down that door, attacking Sam, like, somehow he gets there. So either Sam escapes and then summons Dean, like, traps him in the trap and gets out and attacks him, or either Dean comes and helps him out and then... Sam tries to, like, come on, Dean, what are you doing? And then happens mm. to get him back to the bunker. And then the whole cast thing, like, how are they going to fix him? Because it feels like he's deteriorating and it's incredibly fast, right? He, get, he got so mm. much worse in, like, the episode. Like, he barely mm. just kept on going. I wonder, I wonder if Dean thinks at this point he's been beating up everybody and he always wins, if he just thinks Sam's the only worthy opponent. You know that that'll know him so well. I that thought can, about that as well. You know, and and knows him so well, and how can he hurt somebody the most? Well, he can hurt Sam the most because here's his beloved brother coming after him to fight him and hurt him. Not and to mention, kill him. Sam still loves him to death. So like, yeah, and it's like Sam I feel knows like the best way to hurt him. somebody, like the person you can hurt the most, is the people that cares about you the most. Like you can of take course. like that knife and just stick in their heart and just twist and twist and twist, like, emotionally. Yeah. And, like, you can literally yeah, keep that pain everything. going on and getting even worse. Just keep mm-hmm. on doing it. Just because you're that person that that person loves the most. And those are the right. people that can hurt you the most because you're most vulnerable to them. So it's like, yeah. you know how Crowley in season eight, right before the angels fall, like, we were in a foxhole together, even though, like, for three seconds, he was like, ah, yes, Abaddon, go kill Sam. They're like, oh, wait, no, Sam, save me. <laughs> it was like, we were in that foxhole together. Like, they've been fighting side by side for so long. And it's like that loyalty and that family, that love, it's a bond that can, like, never truly be broken. And so Sam still feels a huge connection. Like, he even, like, he denied it. Like, no, Dean can't be a demon. He can't. He can't. Uh, Crowley found a way to get rid of that anti-possession symbol or whatever, like, scarred it out or whatever, so that he could get one of his jockeys inside of Dean. Like, there's no way. There's no way he's a demon. And then when Crowley's like, oh, no, love, he's a demon. <laughs> It's, like, so crushing because you see his face and he's like, oh, no. And when he sees Dean on that video, he sees, like, I literally, like, my heart, like, clenched, like, oh, no, Dean. Like, I knew he's a demon. And, like, even, like, just seeing Sam react, like, oh, no, please, God, don't be what I think it is. Like, just so much denial. Like, he can't be what he is. He's still my brother. He's still my brother. Even after he finds out, like, he's still my brother, I'm going to save him. And I'm going to kill you. And there is no time, like, any of them said, I'm going to find you, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, oh, Liam Neeson. <laughs> like, it's, like, <laughs> so reminiscent. <laughs> I'm just like, when is somebody going to say, like, oh, okay, Liam Neeson, relax? Like, I was just waiting for, like, a pop culture reference. <laughs> yes, I, funny that you mentioned that, because oddly this episode had low pop culture references, now that you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. I'm, used to, I'm used to Supernatural being very pop culture and you're right, that would have been a really good time for it. It has mm. been so perfect. <laughs> like, I've been like, ha, I called it. But then it never happened. I was like, aw, sad face. 
I'm still here, guys, in case you were wondering. I'm I'm still here. I've I've uh my little Anakin's been here, so I've been I had you guys muted and listening to you and talking to Anakin. So. Uh, <laughs> but I'm You might want to explain that you have an Anakin for people who don't know what that means and are really worried about your mental state right now. <laughs> yes. uh, There's a Jedi in your, in your living room. Yeah, yeah. Anakin is my sweet little grandbaby, and I love him very, very much. Oh, he's giving me a hug right now as he talks. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> and you're caught in my headphones. There we go. He's my sweetie. He's my sweetie. I realize that for people who don't know, that was going to make you sound super crazy. <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> oh, I got your back. <laughs> what are you doing over there? I'm going to mute you guys again because I have talked to Anakin. I'll be back. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I was going to say something about half and I forgot. Uh, this is a good, uh, good time to mention our auctions that we got going. Oh, yeah. Um, for Team Levi, we've been running on September, um, through September and now through October. Um, we have several um, really cool items signed by Jared and Jensen and some other cool things. Um, they're optioning for Team Levi. Um, if you don't know, Levi is the nephew of Jensen Ackles. He has Down syndrome. He's four, very, very adorable little boy. And um, his family participates in the Down Syndrome Guild of Dallas Study Walk for the last three years. And we've been raising money. Um, this is our third year doing it for them to help with the buddy walk. And so um, we've got a lot of items on eBay. You can find them on our website, uh, links to them. We also have a link to our Twitter and our Facebook. So check them out. It's a very good cause. Yeah. And, we and have also, what? I was say, also currently we have the um, – uh, uh, T Fury. If you don't know, T Fury is one of the coolest T-shirt websites out there. They asked us to pick out 13 supernatural T-shirts, which are on sale right now through T Fury, and so they're on sale through October 14th. The WinchesterBros.com supernatural T-shirt collection. Was it the dog block? I don't know. I can't see your dog. And we had a lot of fun picking those out. We had 29 different designs to choose from and three of us trying to narrow it down to 13. So it was fun. So those are also linked on our website, Twitter, and Facebook. Well, um, and going back to, like, you know, Cass and the whole Hannah situation, do you think that maybe there would be a little romance in between them? I don't know. This is an area of thought. My Meg Fiel shipper heart <laughs> desperately wants to say no because I'm still waiting for closure about Meg. Just because he called himself Clarence for an episode last season was not enough for me. However, <laughs> I really like Hannah. I like. <laughs> I'm so shallow. I think she has really cute clothes and really cute hair. So 
I'm okay with it if it happens, but I just, oh, I want some Meg closure so badly. Also, when they say, like, they have orders from heaven, like, to bring everybody home and, like, sort of make a council, like, okay, this is what's going down, we're going to reorganize, figure out what's going out. Who are those orders coming from? Because I feel like Thank you. That that automatically come like from the command. He's he's the one that overthrew Metatron basically. So is he the one that he orders? And if so, well, why is he like, allowing? allowing... Well, it's not him though. And when that's the point I was going to make when I said there was something about Cass that I can't remember. That was it. Hannah's saying like you had orders. Who's giving the orders? Like she implies that they have like some kind of tribunal now. But who are any of you to make the rules for anybody else? Exactly. The only person or the only angel, in my opinion, that is worthy oh, of ruling fine. heaven yeah, is Cass. And he's clearly not the one doing it. So who who's giving these orders and why should anybody listen to them? Exactly. Also, I don't know why Cassio didn't put up such a fight. Like, he's basically that quote-unquote fallen angel that decided to be with humans, like, stand up for them. Why isn't he telling Hannah, like, leave these angels alone so you can do whatever the hell they want? They want to live like humans, stay on Earth, experience the human experience. Why can't they? Why do we have to force them back up to heaven? And even then, if, like, okay, if we want to, like, gather everybody, like, have a meeting, like, okay, let's sort everything out, what we're going to do, and who's going to do what, can it just be, like, can we just come back to heaven for, like, two seconds, figure out what we're doing, and then you can do what you want, you know? I think, and I think Misha played this really well, the, the conflict, um, the internal conflict, that you can tell Cass is having that projected in Misha's face and body language during the scene, mm-hmm. where I think he feels like, on one hand, it's not entirely safe for everyone to go back to heaven because it's it's anarchy. Yeah. And there is no leader, and he's not ready to be the leader, so how can he, in good faith, tell everyone to go home and go home to nothing, really? But on the same yeah. hand, Earth isn't entirely safe for them either, and it's not where they belong, and they are, even though a vessel has to accept the possession, they are kind of ruining the people's lives, the vessel's lives, yeah, by taking them over, which is something that he's aware of because he has to know that he did that with Jimmy. Yeah. Um, and even though at the time he wasn't the kind of being that could care about that, I think mm-hmm. the Castiel now is someone who would care about the fact that he took this man away from his family, and, and his now, you know, yeah, and his own, yeah, his own life. And like, Jimmy is gone. Jimmy, After oh, Jimmy's so gone. After exploded him, yeah, Jimmy's, Jimmy's so gone. gone. He's in heaven somewhere, living his life, like his heavenly life. He was his paradise. And how died. screwed up is, and if you think about that, how screwed up is that, that Jimmy's in heaven and Cass got it's all still the angels kicked out of heaven? Yeah, like, the dichotomy of it is really interesting. And, again, knowing that this is going to be a season where they get more into cast on a personal level, I'm hoping these are the kind of things that are explored because that's what I would really like to see out of his character. Those are the kind of things that have always interested me about the character. Um, but I do think that for Cass, it's, it's, it's a conflict of neither of these rights is overly right and neither of these wrongs is overly wrong and I don't know what to do and everyone's looking at me to do something and I've made such... I mean, if you think about it, Cass has consistently made the wrong choice. Every single season. Because he's done something yeah. bad. It's yeah. like Leviathan, 
then trying yeah, to fight for heaven. It's just like every single time he tries, it's like it ends exactly. So bad. Like he like, has good intentions. intentions. He has good intentions. He doesn't necessarily see like with the Leviathan thing. He didn't see the forest for the trees in that one. And Cass- you know, Cass- with, there are so many there are so many parallels between Cassio and Sam. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, they both, I agree. They've bad. always been the, the most parallel characters for me. You know, they always do what they think. Maybe it's not the right thing, but the, the, what they think will get them the, the, end, the desired end result. And it yeah. always blows up in their face. But that's the, that's the risk you take with having a choice. And so Cass under, I think Cass gets that for these angels who have never had a choice, now it's thousands of him. Yeah. And who is he to tell them, don't do what I did just because I screwed it up? Yeah. But like, on the same you hand, don't know he what also kind of Yeah, but on the same hand, I think he kind of wants to tell them, don't do what I did because I screwed it up. Like, thinking for yourself sucks. And I think that's, <laughs> that's true. Like, that's true. You know, as human beings, you know, we have to make decisions every day and we'll, we don't always make the decision that leads us on the exactly, most exactly. And convenient path. We've been on Earth the entire time, and we've been learning trial and error since we were children. And then these angels are thrown into this world. They base, they have an infantile sense of what what to do with their their choices. Like children, they learn like they make a decision like, oh, let's touch this weird plant. All of a sudden, I have a rash, and then mom tells me, oh, you can't touch that because you're going to get a rash. And then you learn. Like, they've, like, we've, as humans, have had, uh, in Sam and Dean's, we've had, like, 20, 30 years to learn trial and error, like, what we should and what we shouldn't, and even then we still make mistakes. Imagine these beings that have never had the choice before. They're they're basically, like, little kids, and they don't know what they're doing, so they're going to keep making these mistakes. So Cass keeps making these mistakes like like a little kid. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. And he's learning, and every single time he learns, he's like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't be in a, in a position of power or authority on Earth because really every single time that I've tried, I've messed up because I haven't learned how to manage my choice, like what, what I can do with my free will. And so he's thinking, I want them to be able to explore the, like, the ability to make their own choices, but at the same time, I don't want to give them so much freedom. Like He's like a parent. He's like, okay, you can go play in the yard, but make sure – you don't, like, trip over a rock or something and hurt yourself. Like, I want to take care of you, but at the same time, I, I want to let you have your freedom. So it's sort of like, let's go back to heaven, you know. I'm going to let you do your thing, and I'm going to try to persuade you. Like, come on, we'll come back home. We'll talk about it. And then you still want to, you can come back downstairs, and we'll find a way to manage it so that you'll learn how to do it. Because basically they're all children in that sense. They've been alive for thousands and thousands of years, but they've been following a completely different rule book. They don't know what it's like to be human or what what free will, like, comes from. Like, as Cass said, when he's, like, sort of doing that exercise, like, oh, I've been alive for all this time, and I see that free will isn't, like, a gift. It's God gave it to us as a rope, so we're getting ourselves because it's such a huge thing to have on our shoulders to be able to choose what we want to do because there's always that 50-50 chance that we'll choose wrong, and that's such a big chance that I've already done it, like, a thousand times. I've already chosen wrong so many times. So he's looking out for his fellow, like, Angels, but at the same time, he's like, I want them to have the same choice that I did, but I just want to give them some more guidance. Agreed.
I mean, my theory is that Cass will end up having to go um, be the president-elect of heaven, whether he wants to or not. There's really no other option for the character. It's just a matter of... Yeah, it's just a matter of what path he takes to get there and how long it takes him to get there. Um, He's still afraid of that authority because he knows that he's screwed up so many times, so he's scared that if I try to do it again, what if I screw up again and just make things worse? But eventually, he, he knows best. By experience, he knows best. Which, again, saying that you know he, he and Sam have parallel journeys, we now understand that Sam has not learned his lesson at all and is going to continue to tear up the world for Dean whenever he has to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, some people learn and some angels learn and some people don't, but that's okay. You'll just have to see. And um, oh, I'm sure Becky still has us muted. Becky, did you already um, follow her on Twitter so we can get her address yes. and such? Yes, okay. I did. Yes, I did. All right, so we can so, DM her and get her info. <laughs> and you will be getting a shirt. Yay! <laughs> like when I, I when I did it, I was like, "There's no way in hell I'm getting this." Like, and then I got and I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> If you want to, um, like I said, if you go to our winchesterbros.com and down to the lower left, the last link you'll see um, for Tea Public, just click on it. You can go through there and uh, be looking at the T-shirts, so you'll see what choices you have. There's a lot of really cool shirts there. So you can pick your shirt and pick your size and, yeah. And we'll we'll get Certainly. your information sent to Tea Public. It's going to be, yeah, on the left side, the bottom link on the left side. Left is the left, right? Yes, left, left, right? Really, Vinny? Left, right. Left. Uh, left is left, <laughs> right is right. <laughs> left, correct. Um, that's what happens when you try to picture the website in your head instead of just clicking the link for it. Um, well, we're about to be where we're no longer recording soon. So, any more housekeeping, guys? Um, let's see. We got the team. Lead. Oh, did we want to mention the retrospective real quick before we? How cool that was! Oh, the retrospective that you and I were shown in. Oh, if you yeah, must, if you must. Or as everyone else is calling it, the brothers' drinking game. Uh, right. That was, that's one I liked a lot. Uh, Don't. Don't play the brothers drinking game. I would not recommend no, it. No, you for that. end up in the hospital. Do not play that <laughs> game. It is dangerous. It is Alcohol dangerous. Right there. Uh, I really thought I really was impressed with the way to the retrospective. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was structurally really well structured. Ooh, yeah, that was articulate. Um. It was There's so that writer here. back again. <laughs> I know. I, I'm just. I don't understand why I don't have a book deal. It's baffling. <laughs> um, uh, it was really good to have to hear Eric talk about the show and just to see him back. Um, I miss you him. know for. 
Yeah, for everybody who's a fan of the show, but for people who have either grown up with the show or have been with the show for, you know, since, you know, one, season one, two, three, the early seasons, it was it was a lot of nostalgia involved uh, with that. And um, it reminds me how amazing this show is. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. When you have it broken down when they're talking about, you know, we do things that other shows don't do, we're so used to it at this point that we take I think that's it. We we're used it. to it. We yeah, we expect a lot. Yeah, we take it in stride. Really high. And, yeah, and when we take it in stride, but wow. That shows yeah, amazing. The, the, the risks, well, and the risks that they've taken, you know, the, breaking the fourth wall, having the Winchester Gospels, doing episodes like Changing Channels and The French Mistake and... Mm-hmm. And Monster Ghost Facers. Yeah, go, Monster Movie, Ghost Facers. I think it's usually, like, majorly yeah. us. It's our fault. Like, it's not our fault. Like, it's our because fault. of us, the fans. <laughs> it's because of the fans. Like, they're sort of like, okay, we want to sort of acknowledge you, and, like, we know that you'll love this, so that we're going to do it for you. Like, they're not thinking, like, sort of, like, of potential fans, of potential viewers. They're sort of like, okay, we're going to give you a little something, our, like, loyal followers. Like, this is for you guys. Yeah. And so, I think, shout um, out to you. I have been talking about this a couple months ago with um, with Lynn and Kathy from Fangasm, and um, we were talking about this, and I asked them, I was like, do you think that the show could do what it does if it wasn't for the conventions? Because while the conventions and the show are different in that the conventions don't affect you know, they have nothing to do with ratings. They have are not an accurate representation of the viewership. They're a representation of fandom, but they're also a representation of worldwide fandom, not, you know, ratings are just U.S.-based, and they don't match. What you see the convention and what ratings are don't match. Mm-hmm. But I think that Jared Jensen came in, and they revolutionized the convention game, where conventions used to be this kind of thing where you did after your show was over – and because either you had a really loyal genre show or you really couldn't get any other work or a combination mm. of the two. Um, I I do think they took it no, to I'm another level. Yeah, that's something but, I'm generalizing. But I went but to I think... more than one X-Files convention and the show was going on big time while the convention was No, but I'm saying the level that happening. they did it, they revolutionized it. I mean, you can tell in just... They they took it to, they took the game to a whole other level and you can tell and I hate to yeah. say this because as far I as love interaction as yeah. far as interaction no. and actors yeah. themselves becoming friends and traveling together and doing things yes they took it to exactly much and I higher think, level and I say this as someone who loves creation entertainment I'm someone who has never had a problem with them uh, have always had really good experiences at a at a convention. Um, whether I'm at normal health or my health is suffering, I've always had very accommodating volunteers, whatever. But if you look at the prices for a supernatural convention versus every other convention of what mm. are air quote air quote bigger shows, mm-hmm. the discrepancy is huge, and that's that's based on a, a supply and demand and a loyalty there. And I think that if that mm-hmm. loyalty wasn't there and that knowledge that, you know, Jared and Jensen and Amisha and Mark, and they've all gotten to know so many of us 
you know, they know us by name, they know us by sight, they've talked to us over the years, but they kind of get what they can and can get, a, get away with. And yeah. I do think that Supernatural wouldn't be able to do the things it does if it wasn't for the convention culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I myself have been saving up for a Gold Weekend package. Like, I'm $100 away, almost there, but, like, even then it's, like, $100, like, 640-something dollars for a Gold Weekend package. I mean, it's, like, it's a lot mm-hmm. included, but it's, like, oh, my God. My parents are are actually, like, really? You're you're going to spend, like, 600-some dollars to go see someone from a TV show? And I'm, like, you guys don't understand. It's, like, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Like, when, when am I going to be able to – when mm-hmm. have you ever been able to meet, like, your idols? You're, like, you're, you're the thing of your yeah. fandom, like – Think of, like, what you yeah. like, Dad, Star Trek. You love Star Trek. Have you even ever met, like, William Shatner and anybody from Star Trek? No, exactly. So I have the opportunity, so it's, like, it's totally worth it. <laughs> like, if you wanted yeah, to go buy worth it. tickets for a Genesis concert, it. you would totally do it. Yeah. Like, You've yeah, seen and the accessibility videos, I'm sure. They're, they're totally worth it. They're, they're, they, they know that you put out your hard-earned money on that, and they everybody does their best to make it a, a really good experience for you. Which, and, of course, the, the gold levels are different prices at different conventions because you yeah, know, Vancouver depending on costs the, the most. Vegas costs a lot. There are others that don't cost quite as much. Some are easier to get flights to than others. Yeah, the, the, venue, the venue does take. But, you know, you could argue, like, you know, going out into the world, you know, I, I say the name Jared and Jensen and, a lot of times I get a blank stare. But if you say the name Ian Summerholder, people know who you're talking about. But then if yeah. you go to the creation website and look at the the photo op prices for Jared or Jensen versus Ian Summerholder, you're going, wow, okay. And exactly. that's, you know, that's mm-hmm. due to the fact that for it's us, very niche, they are rock stars. But it's like a really loyal niche. <laughs> yeah, like, it's very good. I know like sometimes like, I'll talk about Supernauts and be like, freaking like, oh my god, Tuesday new episode, and they'll be like, half of the room can be like, what are you talking about? Relax, it's not that big deal. And the other half is like, oh my god, right? It's like you meet like once in a while, you meet like those like super hard like fandom like girls like you know you and me, and it's like, oh my god, we know exactly what we're talking about. And then that other girl or like that guy is like, what are you talking about? Like I don't like in my French class, like I'm taking a French class, and like. Every single time we're like meeting like a different celebrity for our story, and like, and I'm like, oh, Jensen Ackles, Jensen Ackles, Jensen Ackles, and like two other girls would be like, yes, and the others are like, like literally the entire rest of the class are like, who are you talking about? Then I pull up a picture and I'm like, oh yeah, definitely Jensen Ackles. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> you're cute. It's <laughs> <laughs> like why not? If like you can fake meet your your idol in a French story for. Learning French to sake, why not? <laughs> so it's like it's so it's so niche, but at the same time we're so like hardcore niche that we'll spend six hundred thousand, like including all like photo ops and like um signings and stuff, just so we can get like that much closer to the object of our fandom. And I think as a result, because they because we do that, then they're able to do episodes that are so off the beaten path, and like I said, where the general audience is not fandom, not remotely, it's two very different animals, um, it's one of those things where for the general viewing audience, it's a groundbreaking thing, and for us, it's it's a wink. 
it's, mm-hmm. it's we see you and thank you. So I yeah. like that they can do those two things at once and get almost always a positive reaction. Mm-hmm. And, like, even I have, like, friends that are, like, really hardcore fangirls, but we have, like, a super busy schedule because of school and stuff. Like, we have, like, literally four or five hours of, like, homework and, like, essays that we need to give to our professors the next day that they can't watch. They can't spend an hour uh, every Tuesday to watch Supernatural. So they'll watch, like, my one friend, Grace, she's literally a season behind. And I'm like, oh, what are you doing? It's happening now and you're missing it. And she's like, I can't. <laughs> so it's like, it kind of, like, it makes me mad sort of when I see, like, oh, the ratings weren't that great for last Tuesday's episode. Like, it's like, we have lives, too, you know? <laughs> like, we love it, but well, we can't I'm, watch it every Tuesday. I'm like, sure okay, I, I, I applaud your priorities. You know, I, I, I do. I, <laughs> I want to take right. the opportunity. Yeah, since you mentioned ratings, and I want to take the opportunity for anyone who's listening, and ratings are a super confusing thing. Um, I spent the last, like, three years really trying to understand ratings, and I 84% get it. Uh, but... I want you all to to kind of think about a few things when we get really frustrated about the ratings is, for the most part, the actual number of people watching is pretty much irrelevant. So whether it's 2.5 million or 2.7 million doesn't really matter. What matters is that demographic number. And if you look at not just the CW but other um, other networks, um, we do really well as a show in the demographic. We are the second strongest show on the network right now, behind only The Flash, which has had huge promotion, huge hype, um, and is brand new. It's pulling numbers that we pulled when we were brand new. So don't get frustrated when you only see 2.3 million, or because if you see 2.3 million, but you see point, you know, 1.0 on the demographic. That's fantastic. That's a win. Mm-hmm. The CW considers that a win. Um, well, we had the best. Didn't we beat it was the best Tuesday. Yes. We, bet, and we beat the, the shows on Tuesday. Fox. Yeah, this is the best Tuesday that the CW had had in overall in two years and the best Tuesday it had had in the target demographic, the coveted demographic in four years. And for a ten-year-old show to do that, don't don't be discouraged. Be yeah, don't be discouraged. Be proud of yourself as as a fan of this show, as a member of the fandom, and and understand that also that that the reality is is we are doing very very well. It's also the fact that we 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 survived a Friday night death fought. We were sent there to die by the people. Uh, and that's the other thing. Be. People talk about yeah. People talk about the we came back to Wednesday. We came back to Tuesday. Yeah, we, Those are huge nights in TV. Huge Tuesday and mm-hmm. Wednesday. We have the compliment of being given a new show as a lead-in. You know what? Yeah, Here's like, Flash. I wanna, we're proud of Flash. We think a lot. We're giving it to Supernatural too. It's like it's like giving a little brother to the big brother to take care of. And then we had Arrow. Exactly. And yeah, that that Arrow. Arrow. It's, it's very the first show to give Supernatural. Yeah, it's very calculated to give Supernatural a new show, Supernatural, to follow. It's it's mm-hmm. on purpose. It's hoping that the devotion, because basically the core audience of Supernatural does not fluctuate. Yeah, the core like, does not change. So they're, they're hoping they got, that those people will turn tune into the episode 
of TV that's airing before Supernatural. Going back to, because people talk about this as well, you know, how poorly Season 7 did, another thing I want to let you guys know and what I've learned is, in actuality, in that time slot, Supernatural, again, did phenomenally. The CW was struggling in general at that point, really, really badly. Um, And this was a Friday night, and we pulled numbers at that slot, better numbers than, for instance, Vampire Diaries is doing right now. Yeah. Um, Like, I got again on the originals. Because I was waiting for Supernatural, like I would get up there like eight thirty, mm-hmm. like oh yeah, so pumped, so pumped, and I would watch the one half of like of uh, the originals, and I'd be like, this is not half bad. So I started watching the originals, and I got hooked, and that made me actually go back to the Vampire Diaries and be like, okay, where did the spinoff come from? So I'm hooked on yeah. both. I finished the Vampire Diaries. I'm watching the Vampire Diaries, watching the originals, and then I'm watching Supernatural, and then. It also got me hooked on the Flash. Like I saw the first episode of Flash, and I was like, oh "My God, this is fantastic!" <laughs> so yeah, it's like, for really yeah, like bringing a lot of viewers for different epi- like different shows. Right. Every epi- every show that is currently on the CW had Supernatural as its headliner because that's what it is. You have your opening act and your headliner. You know, they did it with Vampire Diaries. They did it with uh, Arrow. They did it with the original, and the now they're original. doing it with the Flash. These are and all when shows it was on, still on the network, and they have Fridays. In, fr- Fridays, we also um, were there for American Next Top Model. Yes, that's right. So again, when don't get dis- don't get discouraged as a fan base when you see what appears to be low numbers. NBC is always going to have 13 million viewers. They're NBC. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It, it's okay, guys. Uh, we pulled for the, for the retrospective. We pulled a point five in the demographic. Or was a point seven? Not sure. Understand that that was not a normal episode of Supernatural one, and we were going up against Big Bang Theory and Monday Night Football. No, yeah. And still pulled still pulled better numbers than other shows are pulling. So it was a point again, five. Yeah, it was, I was going to remember it was 0.5 or 0.7. It was 0.5. Yeah. Oh, no, like, 0.7, 0.7 was for, um, oh, God, what aired before it? Was the original? What? Whatever before aired before. The originals was before the retrospective. Before, yeah, and now it's the point seven. Yeah, they had the 0.7, and then we had the 0.5. Either way, um, and don't get discouraged. We're doing very, very well. And, like, think yep. even, like, in the TV Now promo, you know, how they're like, TV Now, TV Now, whatever. Or they have all, like, the characters from the different shows, and, like, they're all... Mm-hmm. Like, the the thing that they, like, push the most in that is I feel like it's Vampire Diaries slash Originals. Like, that's what you see the most of. And, like, uh, Supernatural gets Sam slashing at an invisible em- enemy for two seconds, and then Sam looking off into the distance. And then maybe Cassiel doing who knows and- what. But like they barely show that because like they're pushing so hard for everything else. They don't need to push for supernatural. They have a really yeah. loyal fan base. So it's like yeah, that that core that there's a, there's about a point eight point nine demographic core that is always going to be there, no matter how yeah. angry they are, no matter how much of a life they want to have, they are going to mm-hmm. show up for supernatural, no matter what night we're on. That's so, me too. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. So um, I just wanted to take that opportunity to say that because I do we do get a lot of questions because we always post the ratings as soon as they're available. And right. we get a lot of questions, and people get very discouraged like, and very disappointed. And so for anybody listening, what you always want to look at is that demographic number. And as long as we're mm-hmm. at a point eight to point one point one, actually point eight to point one, or point eight to one, we're we're doing yeah. great. One point one higher, that's gravy. You're <laughs> doing math, Jenny. I know, right? <laughs> that's gravy, and that is something to be hugely, hugely proud of. If you get a, if we get a one point one demographic confetti, it's a parade. Yeah, unless yeah. we are right up there so, with like Fox. So yeah, it's a big exactly. deal. Exactly. So yeah, Fox. It is important have, to you know, mention five it now at the start of the season. Remind everybody. You know, exactly. it's like here yeah. we go, and I know everybody's kind of like anxious and everything, but we're okay. And it's really way too soon to be talking about renewals. We get those questions. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, we don't so. know. <laughs> So yeah, we get a lot of support. Yeah. You know, Mark Pedowitz at the CW has, is a big fan of Supernatural, so yeah, I think we can yeah. pretty much count on that. The boys are big fans. I think we're okay. We are winding down on air to the last couple of minutes, so I think we should start wrapping things up. We need, to play the intro, we need to play the intro again, I do believe. Yes, we should just play our intro as as part of the outro, <laughs> and we will talk Actually, to we're gonna, They're going to play us out. They're they're gonna play yeah. us out. So when we're done and saying goodbye, we're gonna, we're gonna, gonna be the last night. thing everybody hears. <laughs> so it was a great talking to you guys. Thanks, and we'll we'll uh, be getting in touch with you uh, probably right after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Uh, any last words, you guys? Oh, we're done. Everybody Bye. Thanks, everybody. Listening. Welcome back to the podcast for uh, season 10. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. And they're going to play us out. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.